Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to SAMA, a program which invites an expert each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Linda Eugene to discuss youth mental health. Mental health is central to everybody's well-being. Disturbingly, depression is becoming increasingly common amongst the younger population. Incidents of major depression episodes in young, uh, young adults have increased from 10.9% to 13.1% in just one year. Why is this happening and how can it be corrected? Linda will teach us how. Linda is the director of Brain Education TV. She is a certified yoga, meditation, and brain education instructor. He gives lectures and workshops on self-development of the body and mind. Her expertise is relief from stress, anxiety, and insomnia. Brain TV is a self-improvement channel for the brain with videos on how to practice self-care and boost your brain power. We all need that, don't we? It follows the principles of brain education an academic study from South Korea, which has spanned over 40 years and is now practiced by millions around the world. So welcome to our show, Linda. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. What got you first interested in mental health? Well, I feel like mental health, well, my, first of all, before mental health, my passion is in the youth. Um, so when I thought about a way that I could help young people the best, um, I think an area that young people struggle in a lot these days is mental health. Yes. There's so much noise out there. There's so much competition out there academically, socially, culturally, that I feel like now more than ever, there's a, a big group of young people who are struggling with mental health issues such as loneliness. Yes depression, anxiety. These numbers have gone through the roof within the last decade. So that's what kind of made me interested in helping the young people through the area of mental health. And when I was a teenager, I was someone who also struggled with academic pressure and social pressure and family pressure. And with that, I had, you know, bouts of loneliness and depression and self-identity crises. So it comes from a personal experience as well as my passion to help young people. Ah. So you're following your heart and doing what you want to do. You're not chasing exactly. the money. <laughs> um, why is it getting worse now? Why are more and more young people getting depressed? There are many people that say many different things, but from my personal opinion and my personal thought, I believe that a big cause of this is the rise of technology and yeah. the rise of social media, especially. You know, it's ironic that I say that right now our world is more connected than ever. It's so easy to, with a push of a button, find information and find people and connect with people. But with that, we're more disconnected than ever. If you go to restaurants, if you go to public places, you'll see people who are together, but they're just buried in their cell phones, not even having a conversation. You know, so I think this like whole social media culture where it's all about how many likes you get, how many friends you have, the best picture you can post that doesn't even really def, uh, depict your true life. That kind of culture that we've created, I think, causes a gap and separation in the young people of reality and fantasy. And that gap, I feel, is causing this like unspoken anxiety. Like, I have to be like that Instagram model. I have to have this rich, lavish, lavish lifestyle I've, I see right. on social media. 
And if I don't, then my life is a failure, that kind of idea. So I, I blame social media. <laughs> you and I both. Social media. You and I both. You and I both. Um, one of the funniest things I've seen was I was almost headbutted by a person that was on autopilot while they were walking along. They're walking along quite briskly, they're, but they they weren't looking where they're going. They're looking at their phone. <laughs> and, and if I was so quite often saying, "Look up! Look up!" Um, you know, so oh, hey, there's there's things around me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and and what you're saying now does um, strike a chord with me, you know, where people are looking at that, that is their reality. And what they're seeing is what is not normal, but is extra normal, extra special. And they think that they've got to reach those standards. Now, why um, do you, are they, are people that, do you think that um, young children, young adults don't have so many real friends? friends they can actually poke at? <laughs> well, I don't necessarily think they have less real friends. I just think we have, in this younger generation, we have um, a less of an ability to really connect with people. Because, you know, like in the older generation, they had no other choice but to connect face to face, you know, like with the real human being, because there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was no technology where you could connect with people digitally. Right. So the older generations have this technique of actually connecting with people face to face and they don't feel uncomfortable <laughs> being with people. But this new generation that grew up with social media, grew up with technology, there's not, you can, there's other ways to connect with people without being face to face. Right. So I think I read a really interesting statistic that young people these days are actually afraid to be with people because we don't know how to connect with people on a deeper level face-to-face. It's much easier to do it behind a computer screen. And so I think that the technology and the social media that is prevalent in these days has kind of made our young people lose the ability to deeply connect with a human being on a human level face-to-face. Right. Now, it's only been a few years that the internet's been out. Um, Is it going to get worse? The graph is going up. Is it, have you reached the peak yet, or is it just going to? Are we just going to get more and more into online friendships and not? You know, it's hard to say, but I think that the trend right now, because now there's AI that's coming out, um, I think it's it's headed in a direction where we're going to be more reliant on technology, more reliant on that kind of resource. But my hope is that. You know, we don't lose that ability to connect with people one-on-one, face-to-face. So, but I, I would say the social trend, unless we like wake up and have that awareness that we need to connect with each other, we need to the, feed the humane side of our character. If we don't have that awareness, I think that we are going down a path where we're just going to be like robots, depending on AI, depending on technology, depending on social media to get by. Right, right. It's quite scary, isn't it? Like it's a generation of people that think it's normal to only do what we're actually doing now, by the way, <laughs> which is via computer having communication and not having the, the tiny nuances which you get if it's face-to-face. Like I, d- I just slightly heard that outward sigh of, gosh, that was a stupid comment. 
<laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's just the, the fun and banter that one can have face to face. It's just totally lacking. If it's by computer, oh, you got an icon. I'll try and find the, the smiley icon to make out that I found something funny, you know, <laughs> rather, rather than giving a real, a real smile, the real noise that goes with it. It's just, it is very, very scary. And with artificial intelligence, it sounds like it's burying ourselves even deeper. I wonder why, um, why it's become like this. Because for something to happen, it's got to have been accepted. And more and more people are, are using, accepting the, um, the, the business models of social media sites. Yeah. When, when Facebook first started, or when it was early, I, 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 had, I sort of dipped my toes in it and I thought, well, um, I'm, I'm talking with a friend and then I, I've got to, I like something, I like it. I don't know. I mean, it didn't cover what I wanted to express. Was this a button, and <laughs> and so I didn't, I didn't do anything. But um, I'm just wondering whether with these um, the sites that we're talking about, whether it really limits the, the types of expression that people can portray, and whether it can still build up some sort of frustration in the in the people, or maybe that's the natural, the normal for them. Mm. It's um, yeah. <laughs> so what can we do about it? What can we do? I think the first step is being aware of what's happening because these kids who are consumed by social media and have the technology that take over their lives, they're not aware of the repercussions of being addicted to social media and not being able to connect with people on a deep human level. So I think first thing is education. First thing is telling people, having them be aware of uh, what happens if we lose the ability to connect with people and get distracted with our phones starts with awareness and then encouraging people to social media responsibly you know if you're spending 10 hours on social media maybe cut, cut it back a little bit at a time to like eight hours and then five hours and then three hours and then you know maybe you won't be addicted to it it's like any other addiction you know you don't want it's hard to cut cold turkey and i'm not by any means saying that social media is all bad because i think there are plenty of good aspects of social media uh, it's just that if you use it in an addictive way where you lose touch with the world, lose touch with yourself, then it becomes a problem. And then it becomes an issue about mental health, because once you feel disconnected from others and disconnected from yourself, then I, I don't see how happiness can be within reach for that kind of person. Right. Now you touched on the loneliness at the beginning. But how can you be lonely if you can reach out to millions of people in a single single post? I don't think loneliness has anything to do with the number of friends or the people, the number of fans you have. You see that in celebrities. Celebrities, we hear celebrities dying from overdose because they were depressed and lonely. And you wow. wonder why, because that person has millions of screaming fans who are willing to do anything for that person, right? right. So I, I don't think has anything to do with the number of people in your circle or okay. uh, the number of fans you have it's all about how you feel about yourself and I think that loneliness ultimately comes from when you're disconnected with yourself when you don't know what you, what it is that you, I truly like if I don't know what it is that I truly want if I don't know where my life is headed if I don't feel any hope for my existence all those things me on how I perceive myself contributes to loneliness I believe I understand. Right. Well, that's going, that would be a hard thing to address, wouldn't it? 
I guess that is yeah. education. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's uh, generally um, a, a strong resistance when you tell people the cold hard facts? They're rather hesitant to reduce their their live time on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. Of you course, find- especially the young people, they don't they don't know that this is it or it can be bad, you know, because it's fun. It's it's convenient. It's addictive. And if you try to tell young people, take away their candy, take away their toy. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is, it's their candy, it's their toy. Yeah, yeah. Are there any um, other suggestions you give to youth to help them give up their toy? Yeah, so the one thing that I really encourage for young people to do um, is meditate. Because that that desire to be on social media so much is um, comes from ultimately a disconnection that you feel with yourself. So you're trying to fill a void by distracting yourself with something else. And because yeah. social media is very flashy, very fun, very addictive, it's an outlet for people to to handle all of the internal chaos and pain that they feel, whether it be an emotion, whether it be um, their situation or or environment so when you want to address it by the root you have to go inside yes. so a big thing that I do on the YouTube channel is help young people and look in instead of looking out right okay yeah. so meditation is really key looking in connecting with yourself I'm gonna walk ask the question is modern friendship today competitive rather than compassionate compassionate do you think i would say for the most part yeah for the most part we are bred to compete in schools you know only one person can be valedictorian you know and only (laughs) one person only a select amount of people can succeed in society so i think our system in society has made it so that from a young age we're bred to compete with each other right is that a bad thing I think in the long run, yes, okay. because it, in, in a society of competition, all we're doing is trampling over each other and hurting each other for the sake of my well-being. Instead okay. of everybody, let's win, win, win together. Let's all do this together. I think competition doesn't breed that kind of environment. Okay. So meditation, exactly how does meditating help? So meditation is a time for us to come back into ourselves. Yes. Normally in our day-to-day, whether we're at work, whether we're at school, whether we're doing other things, our mind is always outside. Like we're always focused on our friends, focused on our family, focused on my school. Our attention is out, 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 out. And when your attention, when your awareness is constantly outside of your body, mm-hmm. then you become disconnected with what's inside. Because when your mind is out, there's no way you can see what kind of emotions I'm carrying, what do I want right now, where, where do I need to go, what is my next step? And that's why we rely so heavily on other people to give me an answer, right? Wow. We, uh, we trust doctors for our health, we trust other experts to tell us what's wrong with us, when all it takes is for me to take a step back, feel my body, focus on my 
physical, emotional, mental state right now and discover the answers that I already carry inside, but I can't hear it because I'm too busy looking out when everything is here already. Right. Do you um, encourage youth to do meditation? Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and I think the, the good thing about society right now is that there is a trend, there is a, a culture now where meditation is not seen as this like hippie hoo-ha thing. It's more accepted, more mainstream now than before. So young people are more open to experiencing meditation, stress relief techniques that I teach uh, through my YouTube channel. Right. Wow. Now, um, if someone feels lonely, even though they've got lots of online friends and they're well known, um, what is it? What does that feeling do to you physically? Does it do changes within your body? Yeah. So scientifically, when one feels loneliness, it drops your core body temperature. Your internal body temperature literally drops when you feel uh, emotions like loneliness, depression, and anxiety. If you look online and type in heat map of emotions, you can see how heat distributes in your body when you have different emotions. Wow. So when you have loneliness, your yes. body temperature drops. And when your body temperature drops, it causes a whole bunch of physical chemical chain reactions mm -hmm. that can hurt your health. Number one thing that happens when your temperature drops is that it lowers your immune system. It lowers your immune system. It increases the amount of bad bacteria in the gut, which causes which cycles back, causes depression, anxiety, all those things, just because that emotion affects body temperature. Gosh. So it's going to have quite a pronounced effect on pretty much every bodily function. Right. If we take things a step further, if, if um, the loneliness continues for a great period of time, um, can a person die from loneliness? We hear stories of people who die from loneliness. <clears throat> yes. I, I think so because if you're I, I'm a firm believer that mental health is just as important as physical health there are we know that if your body is not healthy and you get sick you can die but there's something that we don't talk about as much that has just as much of an impact on whether you live or die and that's your mental state if you mentally don't right. want to be here if you mentally feel like you're not worthy of being here then you're going to do things to end your life. You're going to do things that are harmful to yourself. Right. Are there some character types that tend to sway towards loneliness? Um, I, I wouldn't say that there's a certain type of person who's more prone to lonely. I think everyone is susceptible to loneliness. No matter what background, what age, what gender, everyone is susceptible to loneliness. Right. If you are a parent and you've got a child that's going through depressive time, times, they're not feeling very happy and they're, and they're feeling lonely, what could a parent do to improve things for their child? First and foremost, make that child move, move their body. Chances <laughs> are when people, when kids are lonely, they feel unmotivated. And when they're unmotivated, they don't move their body. But 
as I mentioned, loneliness drops your body temperature and the drop in body temperature causes loneliness. The reverse is the same. If you raise your body temperature, it creates feelings of happiness. And when you're happy, it raises your body temperature too. And the fastest way to raise your body temperature is to move your body. <laughs> so when you have a teen or when you have a young a child who is depressed and lonely, make that person move, go on a walk, run for one minute, something to get their blood pumping. That's the easiest way. I noticed that you weren't very specific in what type of movement was required. So pretty much anything that can raise your heartbeat and get the person puffing, I guess. Yeah. Be good. Yep. And it doesn't have to be long. Even if you just set a timer for one minute and do push-ups for one minute or run in place for one minute, that's all you need. You don't need to work out for an hour. Right. Um, Kamala asks a question to, to change children. Uh, do we also have to teach the parents to also become more compassionate instead of being so competitive? Because the, the, which is a very good point because parents are role models for children. If the parents are always depressed and always sitting down and doing nothing on the computer, their child will, will do similar things because that's, that's all they know. They, they regard that as the normal. Yeah. Do, you find, do you find that you've also got to educate the, the parents as well? Of course, because parents have such an influence on the kid and the kid has an influence on the parent too. So if you really want to change that family from the inside out, the parents have to model what the kids can emulate. Right. Wow. What is there more than just physical things you can ask a child to do to raise them from the feeling of loneliness and despair? I think um, if you're a parent or if you're an adult who comes in contact with the child, I think something else that helps besides the physical aspect of it is keep giving them positive compliments. Let the child, let that person feel good about their existence. Like if that person is a you know, good listener, you let them know, I think you're a really great listener and you make them feel valued and valuable because when they feel value and they feel self-esteem, they feel self-worth, that also increases their body temperature and increases their morale and helps their mental, mental health. Most of the times the kids that struggle with mental health are the ones that are told by teachers or told by school or told by society, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you'll never make it, you're a failure. All this type of information that we get either directly or indirectly is what is causing these kids to have anxiety and all this social pressure and they have low, 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 low self-esteem. So right. to reverse that, you have to make them feel good about themselves. It's very difficult, I guess, if their peers are doing this, if their friends are putting them down, which happens quite often, I guess. You know, they, they've chosen the wrong circle of friends and they're basically just using them as a scapegoat or something, as a, as a target right. for whatever reason. That'd be quite sad. Um, is there anything that people mustn't say to a child, anything psychologically damaging you can say to a child? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things I just mentioned, you're not good yeah. enough. You'll never make That's it. You're right. a failure. The, the one that I really hate is um, you should be more like your older sibling or something like that. You know, like comparing the kids. Comparing the two. Right. Yeah. Comparing. Or like when I was your age, I was able to do this, but why aren't you able to do it? That kind of stuff. 
sometimes I guess you'd you'd find a, yourself in a situation where you can't help the young person because the whole environment is toxic. You can't change what's around them. Do you still manage to raise them through other means? Let's say, well, let's say, let's say the parents are just bad parents <laughs> and the, the group of friends aren't particularly supportive. Is there really much hope for that person? Of course, because you all, you forgot about the most important person, which is my own voice. So even if your parents are telling you you're not worthy, you're not good enough, your friends are telling you you're stupid, you're ugly, your teachers, everyone is telling you that you suck. The most important voice is, do I choose to listen to them or do I create some positive information about myself from within me? And that wow. is why meditation is important because most of the time, unless people tell us compliments, I don't know what's good about me. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I can compliment myself in, right? So <clears throat> you have to find that voice that if no one else is giving you compliments, if no one else is making you feel good, you still have the power to create a positive voice from within yourself. And that's the most important voice. Have you um, ever had a child where it's just been so deep that there's, it's been virtually impossible to raise them from the depression? Has there been any hopeless cases or is there, is there always hope? There's always hope. Of course, there are difficult children, like you said, who uh, have been so bogged down by negativity that they can't believe in anything positive. So for those kids, you really have to start with them physically. You have to get their body moving, heart pumping, get them to exercise, do yoga, do stretching. And then from there, when their bodies are a little bit more open, then they're more willing to accept the positive comments. Right. Um, okay. And Carmen is talking about domestic violence. Um, parents, feedback to the child. Uh, she's saying that if the uh, parents became more positive in their um, in the attitudes, then domestic violence would become low because the adult aggressiveness is reduced. Mm. So that's a, that's a very good point, Carmela. Yes. Um, is there like a, a program? Could you describe for me, please, this program that um, is Brain Education TV? That sounds very interesting. Yes. So I make contents on a YouTube channel called Brain Education TV. Yes. And basically, it's based on an academic study from South Korea called Brain Education. And Brain Education is a five-step method that teaches people how to use their brain to create health, happiness, and peace in their lives. So it's a five-step program where first you have to open and sensitize the body because a lot of us are numb to what's going on inside. Yes. And then second is about making the brain flexible to be able to accept things that our brain is fixated on. So we have our belief system. We have our, this is good, this is bad. Everyone has their set system, belief system. Yes. So the second step is about having a flexible brain system so you're more open to new information. And then the third step is called brain refreshing. It's about purifying negative information, tra trauma that we carry as um, a child or trauma that we uh, absorb throughout our lifetime. 
purifying trauma. Number four is called brain integrating, where you integrate left and right brain hemispheres together. And then the last step is called brain mastering, when at that stage, you're able to use your brain to create health, happiness, and peace on your own, no matter what is happening outside of you. So it's kind of a five-step method. And the YouTube channel, I just make like fun little content here and there that has different like tips and resources based on the five steps of brain education. It sounds amazing. You've pretty much got all the bases covered then. I, I can't think of any gaps there at all. <laughs> yeah, and it was created by a man in South Korea called Il Chili. So it, it's, not, it, it's not something that I created. It was yeah. created by a meditation teacher named Il Chili from South Korea, and he created it 40 years ago. Wow. Why, long before the internet came along. There was right. A... <laughs> Long before social media. Long before social media. I guess um, online games are also equally um, damaging because this, I would have thought uh, online uh, games will be more so because you can spend out, really spend a long, long time playing games and fighting the bad guys and shooting, which in, in itself is a very bad example. <laughs> you know, a bad uh, uh, role model for young children, you know, take a gun into a building and start shooting anything that moves. <laughs> that only happens in some places of the world. So um, it's a bad role model and it's stuck in front of a computer and you're not, you're not relating to anything live. Um, gosh. So basically you're saying try and reduce the amount of online interactions that you have through any means. There would be either games or, or social media anything exercise if it's going out and also meeting real life people i guess would be part of it too wouldn't it <laughs> have some face-to-face -face interactions yes okay um i i uh has um do you, do you think that the um the amount of people that are depressed young adults do you think that there will be a reduction if, um, as, as people become aware of the amount of uh, the excessive time that people are spending online? Well, okay, so that that assumes that all people who are online are depressed, which is not true. True. Uh, right. uh, so I think it's not correct to link that everyone who's on social media is depressed and everyone who's depressed on social media that's, that's not the right link okay. to have okay but um i i would say that uh depression and loneliness is a result of being disconnected and the need to be on social media for so long is also a result of being disconnected so it ultimately is that person being disconnected from themselves that is the real issue that's causing a whole bunch of different problems one of them being social media being addicted to online video games being addicted to the tv addicted to something outside of myself yes. because there's something so painful that i don't want to see inside that i will do anything else around me besides look in okay how do how would a parent recognize that their child is becoming depressed are there any signs that are obvious yeah, I would say the number one sign is that child will feel disengaged, disconnected. So when you, um, when you talk to that person or when you just see them, they just feel kind of disengaged 
with the world. Okay. They stay, they tend to be more isolated, want to be more alone, less talkative. I would say those are sure signs that that person needs to be checked. Okay. Do you, is there an age that children are more susceptible to the temptation of going online and going onto Facebook? Well, I think now, since they give tablets and iPhones to kids so young, the age has dropped significantly. So I don't think that loneliness and depression only affects a certain age group, but because, you know, loneliness and depression also affects older people too, middle-aged people, everybody, anyone is susceptible to this. But um, I would say typically, typically the age when kids start to feel disconnected and judgmental of themselves is during puberty. Because okay. during puberty, there's so much um, desire to be socially accepted, desire to yeah. be, uh, you know, desire to be grown and mature. Right. Um, but and because of that, there's an amount, an immense amount of pressure to compare myself to other people and to live yeah. up to an idealized standard. So I would say typically puberty is a good time to check but loneliness and depression can happen way before that and even way after that too. Okay. Do you find there's a difference in the way that parents are bringing up their children? Like some parents are very close to the children and they can see the, see the early, early warning signs or other parents just check up, how, how are things? Are they good? Okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> They're more distant from their child. Do, do you see um, there's a correlation between that and the uh the children that become depressed? I think, yeah, I think kids who have more interaction with their parents, more interaction with like um, a group, have a have a, uh, a better chance of living a life where they feel connected with other people and they know how to engage in conversation. Whereas kids who grew up in a family where nobody talks to each other, um, then that kind of teaches the kid to be disconnected, you know, because a family environment itself is disconnected. So if we create a family culture where you, f- where you put the phone down at the dinner table and when the family is together, be there, be together, be engaged. If parents are able to create that kind of culture, I think that definitely helps the kids grow up in an environment where they know, okay, if I'm with people, I need to be with people. Not if I'm with people, I'm going to be on my phone and disconnected. You see that a lot, as you were saying earlier on, in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, it could be a it could be a magical moment, you know, a fun time with a group of group of people, but uh, it doesn't quite happen. There's the American program Friends, where this group of people to sort of interact with each other. They say they'd have difficulty having a program Friends now, the modern version, because they'd have to have the phones. <laughs> And then it's not funny anymore. It's just, uh, now, to be realistic anyway, you know, to keep, keep with reality, but I guess it wasn't realistic at the, at the first one either. <laughs> well, is there any other advice you'd want to give parents of children or to young adults that are watching this video now on what to do um, if you think that maybe you yourself, you're feeling that you haven't got many people, many friends, anyone you can turn to? What can they do? Yes. So if you are dealing with loneliness, if you are dealing with depression, or you're someone who has a child or knows somebody that's dealing with loneliness and depression, the number one thing to remember is that there's always hope. 
it's very easy that when you're lonely and depressed to feel like there's no hope. And especially if you're watching someone go through loneliness and depression, you feel like there's no hope. But there's always hope and it starts with connecting with yourself. And that connection comes from building a relationship with yourself, seeing what kind of emotions you carry, seeing what thoughts you have, seeing what desires you have, seeing who you are as a human being, first and foremost, before you are your label, before you are your title, before you are your status, you yourself are a human being. So getting connected to yourself on a human level is the first step into knowing who you are. And when you know you who you are, you will know exactly what to give yourself, how to give yourself the things that you need in your lifetime. So it all starts with connection. And the easiest ways to connect with yourself is moving your body, meditating, stretching, things to develop a relationship with your body and mind. So through those through those kinds of exercises, if you wanna check out more of that, the concrete ways to do that, you can check out my YouTube channel, Brain Education TV, <clears throat> Brain Education TV, sorry. And um, start from there. There's always hope. You are not a lost cause. You just don't know how to get yourself out of the rut. So that's the number one advice that I would give to people. Find who you are on a human level. That's fantastic advice. With the COVID-19 pandemic that's going through the world now, um, Everyone is forced to go online if they have if they want to have any sort of communication, because everyone's in lockdown. I guess the um, the feeling of depression is also higher now because people are worried. There's health concerns, uh, concerns about jobs, finances. Um, what could someone do in that situation if they're feeling lonely, if they're getting the feelings of despair? Is there anything we can do? Um, yes, reduce the time you spend on the news. Because right now, if you turn on the news, all you see is despair and bad news. So if you're already stuck in a place of despair and losing hope, reduce the amount of time you spend on the news. And when you're stuck at home and quarantined, don't focus on the things that you can't do, like going out with friends and going to have fun. Don't focus on that, but focus on the things that you can do. Even if you're home, you can still move your body. Even if you're home, you can still meditate. Even yeah. if you're home, there's so many things that you can do to connect with yourself. Focus on that, not focus on the outside. That's beautiful. Yes. It's really good, good news. Well, Linda, Eugene, thank you so much for coming on to our show. The information you've given is solid gold. Thank you so much for partaking that to us. Thank you. Thank um, you so much, John. Thanks for having me. And um, thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you for your participation. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.